Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Andrew Prollo for Outer Wilds, a space exploration game with a campfire theme and where you track your in-game friends down by listening for their music. That's one of many things you get to do in the game. It's just one of my particular favorite parts. The game is difficult to play, but for me it was really enriching because of the sense of adventure and discovery I felt while I was playing it, even though I died like a billion times at least. The music is great, and here's Andrew talking about what Outer Wilds is like. Outer Wilds is a a first-person exploration game um, that's supposed to kind of pique the the gamer's interest and curiosity and kind of uh, explores the joy of uh, uh, undiscovering a mystery of an ancient alien race called the Nomai. And the whole game is really about, it sort of like has this camping in space feeling and it's there's like basically five curiosities, which is kind of how we talked about it uh, within the studio that you have to figure out how to get to and slowly figure out how to stop the time loop that's happening. So, How did you get involved in this game in the first place? Well, I met Alex at USC. I was finishing up the graduate program there. Mine was one year long, and his was two or three years. I can't remember exactly. And I met Lon first, and then Lon introduced me to Alex, and then I ended up working on a project with them, and... It kind of spread from there. Like the first one was called Tales from the Minus Lab, and that was with Alex. And then the second one was Outer Wilds. And it's been in development for so long that it's just been kind of going from there, really, on and off for the past few years. So, for how long? Since 2012. Okay. So it's been like seven years. Yeah. Going on eight now. I mean, we've been supporting the game now for the past... Like, this has become my life, really, since June, so... Huh. Uh, it's, we're still pushing hard until... I'm not sure when... when Like, whenever we're done supporting it, I'm not sure how when that'll be, but it's been... I'm just riding the wave right now. It's been so exciting. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, what do you mean for as long as you're supporting the game? I, I guess I don't know what you mean by that. Uh, right now, the... They've been working on some patches, and I've been getting things ready with the score, and for like also, additional content, or uh, I, I actually can't talk oh, about. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I apologize. The current development. But, yeah, no worries, no worries. I didn't mean to back but, you into uh, a corner yeah, there at all. No, mo- mostly, uh, mostly it's uh, patches right now and uh, award season. We're really it's us pushing for that and making sure that someone on the team is attending each as many as possible since they're all kind of happening at once so gotcha it's been really fun though to travel around and be able to talk about the game cool and yeah. for us to be recognized from all of our hard work me about you know where you started with the music we started with figuring out the traveler's tune 
and the main theme of the game right when the cre- right when the opening credits is actually the first thing that like that's the oldest piece of music on the whole soundtrack. Cool. And I basically based the whole score off of that and we talked a lot about having the different instruments and I just thought it would be cool to instead of them having each of them having their own theme for the planet, I thought it would be a cool message and like connection, musical connection by having them all playing the same song, but individually each part kind of just split up between the planets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, you know because you get a, that device. The uh, what's the sound thing? I can't remember the thing you point in the oh, oh the signal scope. Yeah, the signal scope. Thank you. Gosh, uh, the signal scope, when you point that around and you try and hone in on these sounds happening from the universe. And there's this point after you play for a while, you're like, wait, are they? You kind of make that connection in your mind. You're like, wow, they're all playing the same song, just different parts. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really cool. So talk to me more about that, because if that wasn't their intent, then, you know, that means you kind of had to sell them on the, the idea. So I'd like to know a little bit more about that. I think it was mainly just showing Alex that it would work and sending over the stems and saying, like, see how these are all looping at once. And then when you solo them, like, they sound like their own. The main, the hardest part was making sure that they, that all the instruments were, I remember there was one rendition of it where it was either the flute or the harmonica wasn't playing all the time. Mm -hmm. And gameplay wise, that, defeats the purpose of the signal scope because you could be pointing it at the signal and not hearing the sound. Oh, yeah. So I had to make sure that every instrument was always audible throughout the entire piece of music. Right. Which was, I mean, so that part was... that It took me a little bit to figure out what to do. Um, but after just after some uh, tinkering around we had it down to where it it felt like the opening titles music but also had a flavor of its own within the game world so um it, it ended up turning out i think it couldn't have been a better way to do it yeah yeah it's a really cool touch and i want to uh, we'll come back to that uh in a little bit but um i want to ask you too about coming up with the idea of the instrument choices originally I wanted to avoid guitar, even though we ended up using it in the end, since it felt a little bit too campfire and since it's camping in space, we wanted to mix it up a little bit, and then, so I said, well, banjo, it's kind of like guitar, and has a little bit of a homely feeling to it, so from there, I just started thinking about uh, other instruments, like, it sort of has this like weird western feel, um, or Americana feel, because then I was like, oh, what works well with banjo, um, harmonica. Then we have like this special flute, which I actually sampled the trumpet mute in this sampler called EXS, and then I kind of mapped it out on the keyboard. So it was sort of, and gave it like this kind of sampled down like Nintendo 64 sort of feeling. And then there's the harmonica, and uh, there's the hidden Nomai who plays the piano. And yeah, that's about it. some cello stuff 
Not in, not obviously one of the characters, but in, in general. Talk to me about that. Right, that would have been my friend David I brought in at the very end to hmm. record cello for the end credits music. Okay. And I was putting together the the end credits music and I wanted to basically create like sort of an orchestral suite or something a little bit different, like a medley of music from each part of the game. And we thought a cool way to separate that from the music in the game is to bring in some instruments that we weren't normally using. So I brought in him to, I just layered him on top of himself to create kind of this string orchestra feeling at the end. And then he also plays the morning theme at the very, very final end of the game when the universe resets. Or not resets, but a new universe is created. did you bring in then? I mean, because I imagine a lot of these, you played probably a lot of this stuff too, right? Right. I played everything except for the whistling since I can't whistle. And <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and I thought and I thought it would be cool to bring Alex in so he could have his voice in the game. And then the, there's like a when you rip apart the fabric of space time and it gets really crazy. Yeah. There, there's like this joke kazoo theme that plays when the credits just like it's like a joke credit sequence that rushes by really fast and that's actually Alex and his sister recorded that and they sent it to me like over the holidays a couple years ago as a joke and we ended up they we ended up being able to put it into the game so that's Kelsey and Alex on the kazoo. So after you kind of you said the you know that came you came up with the traveler's theme right off the bat. It's one of the oldest pieces in the game, right? That you hear at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did you go from there? Well, I guess another thing about the traveler's theme before I because I forgot to mention the drummer. Uh, it took us a yeah. little bit to figure out a way to make the drums not sound like a drum set, really, but also not just sound like bongos or something. Yep. So I did some experimenting with that and ended up using a lot of, uh, like I used some bells and I used, like, I think I was just hitting like toms with my hands and stuff and then figured out just a cool beat that would also loop throughout it. But yeah, after that, that from the Traveler's theme, where did I go next? I th- We were really, I think it was probably the space music. I wrote okay. second, and that has the main banjo theme in it still. Um, with that one, I would tried to use different elements from both the Nomai and Herthians because they're kind of in this middle ground where you're not on a planet and you're just kind of going around. But I wanted to make it feel kind of relaxing and contemplative since the game's stressful enough and it's so easy to just keep dying all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> yeah. So I figured if we had like really intense music, it would just be too stressful and defeat the purpose of the game, which is like finding the joy in discovery and exploration. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that way the player doesn't feel incredibly upset. Hopefully it takes some of the stress off of randomly just crashing into something and having to start the loop over again. Yeah. Yeah, I was so grateful. You know, I think any kind of game that has a really high difficulty level, such as this one, in my opinion, it, you always are grateful to find that you're not the only one. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I just was like convinced that I sucked at this game. And then I started watching walkthroughs. I'm like, okay, no. I'm <laughs> it's yeah. just a tricky thing. But it's, I, I just, I was like describing it to a friend and just how. There's this, uh, you know, naive element to it that that plays again into this whole idea of exploration, and you know, everybody's excited that you're going out into the space for into space for the first time, and quote unquote, and uh, it's just um, really neat. And I do like how that was reflected in your music, and it does make it way less stressful. <laughs> That's Thank you. For sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, I, I I wanted to ask you more about that space music because you said something about kind of putting other themes in there. And it seems like uh, you do that a bit here now and then, you know, bring those themes back kind of in some creative ways. So can you talk to me about that? Mm-hmm. Well, there's the – in the Know My Music, when we approached that, I was approaching it in a very textural way. And the original Know My theme, like, from way back during the alpha stages, was actually, I made it with the old, like, ancient flute uh, that one of the Travelers plays. And part of our, I don't, I don't remember if it ended up into the lore or not. So this could, but originally it was like they found, it. the flute was going to have something to do with the Know My technology. I don't think... That stayed in the game, but musically it sort of did. Where gotcha. in some of the Know My music, I have like these low drones of that flute. But cool. From there, like it's the the Know My theme is like the dun 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 uh, one, mm-hmm. where it's played on the piano and uh, it's it's kind of used as like a signal that you're getting close to something, or you should at least be looking around in the area you're in to okay. find clues. Since a lot of the time there isn't music playing. Right. So when it comes in, it, it's basically saying, hey, look around, don't leave this area, make sure you've found everything you need to find because you're probably getting, you're like hot on the trail to find the next like cookie crumb to take you closer to the curiosity that you're near. some of the other sounds that you contributed to the game because you didn't do just music not that just music isn't you know what I mean but uh, what else did you make sound for so for the Nomai technologies I made the uh, the Nomai Skype sound which is kind of this strange like ethereal texture it's on the soundtrack I put, I put all the sounds that I made in the game on like I incorporated them into the soundtrack like mixed within the ambiences of the Nomai tracks cool so so that one's on there and then there's um the gravity crystals I did okay. I 
from the the basis of the there's like these balls that you move through pathways that are like yes. gravity balls. I can't remember their exact name, but like they're that like one open I, doors and stuff. Right, right. Yep. So that that one I started the basis of the sound. I didn't end up implementing it. So I think it, the sound was adjusted by someone else, but that one like started with my my noises out. A lot of it it was is like a really crazily affected guitars for almost okay. all the Nomai technologies. And then I just manipulated it on the computer or through like a ton of pedals. Is guitar your main instrument? Actually, trumpet was, but I don't really? really play trumpet that much anymore. Yeah, I, I was like a orchestral trumpet player growing up, um, and that was where my major started in college. I ended up switching over to composition in grad school, but I was okay. really, really, really into trumpet for a long time. But now oh. I pretty much just play guitar and piano, so... <laughs> Trumpet is, uh, you, you can't just set that down for a week and come back to it and have everything be all happy. <laughs> right. That's very true. Yeah. Wow. So what made you decide then to go into composition? I loved writing music, and I remember when I started seeing s stuff like, I remember when I watched 28 Days Later for the first time, they had like, an actual post-rock score for half of it. <laughs> and that sparked my ideas of, I was always in, playing in bands and stuff, guitar and like songwriting. And I, for some reason, I just never really thought about like, hey, why don't I do like join the composition studio, but write more modern composition mm -hmm. and not just focus on like very classically trained. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, so I thought it was cool that I, I was receiving that classically trained stuff through playing trumpet and through composition classes, but it helps so much to have that knowledge as a backbone for modern composition. Yeah. And I could approach it from uh, using technology as well as live instruments, and I feel like playing in an orchestra for that many years of my life really helped me understand how orchestration worked without... Like, so I had a good knowledge of how each instrument functions within the ensemble before taking orchestration classes. Right, yeah. And then it's just applying those rules to uh, the different frequencies of, like, synths or guitars. And that's the way, I, at least I approach it, um, and layering things that way and being like, oh, well, this one functions like a clarinet of the orchestra. Oh, this texture <sighs> functions as, like, the string bass. This This one functions as, like, the brass section. And that way you can kind of create something that's very, very texturally complex, but still doesn't sound like a jumbled mess.
So then how did you get into composing for media? Because I, you've done some films. I know you've done a lot of trailers. Um, I don't know about television, but you've, you've also done not just Outer Wilds in terms of games. So you've had like a broad media experience. How did that happen? My major was in uh, scoring for motion pictures and television, and I also took the scoring for games class at USC that Gary Scheiman Gary was the shot composer. Yep. <laughs> and I, I learned a ton in that class, and oh, yeah. uh, that's how I met Lon originally. They brought him in to talk to our class. Just they wanted us to kind of get more involved with talking to the game developers that were students as well. Mm-hmm. And my first job out of USC was I assisted Jeremy Zuckerman and Benjamin Wynn on Legend of Korra over at Nickelodeon. Okay. And I worked for them for four and a half years, and when the shows ended, that's when I kind of had to just go off onto my own, go off on my own, and luckily during that four and a half years, I had started writing trailer music with my friend Mark Petrie, who's super high-end trailer composer, and... I basically just had to jump into the fire and see if I could make it work as my on my own as a composer. So my main things first was like pretty much, and still even now, like I write, I'm always working on trailer music uh, whenever I'm not working on games. I think games is something that, it's something that I always was trying to get into, but over time, it took me a long time to start meeting enough developers or making the right connections or finding people that had the kinds of projects that my music needed. Yeah. And just going to GDC and uh, meeting, who is now my good friend, uh, I met someone named Jonathan Hawkins a couple years ago, and he's introduced me to a lot of people. And also I I work on his uh, games whenever his company is creating uh, games. We did like Eclipse, Edge of Light in 2017, and then another game called Covert. And actually Eclipse just came out on... uh, PlayStation VR like last week, so that's oh, been nice. pretty exciting. It, even yeah. though it's a couple years old, it's cool that the game kind of lives on a little bit, and people that weren't able to play it now can check it out. Very cool. I'll check that one out for sure. I don't know anything about that game. It was it was a really cool like relaxing VR experience where you're kind of all. It's also in space, and you're discovering like a sentient planet and figuring out what. Like, you're just kind of following along the story of the people that lived there. Um, And it's a mystery game, too, so I don't want to give too much away, but... Talking about, you know, the fact that that's a space game, too, brings me back to Outer Wilds because, you know, so much space sci-fi is scored either in, like, a Blade Runner-y kind of way or a... Star Wars-y kind of way or a Star Trek-y kind of way maybe. So I love this idea of camping in space that you guys did. And, um, you know, I, I just want you to kind of talk more about that and um, if if you thought at all, you know, if that was odd to to do it that way as opposed to a more orchestral or synthy kind of way. It felt pretty natural to me since I do love modern sci-fi Um and things like Black Mirror and Arrival came out a couple years ago, and that's great. I kind of consider Eternal Sunshine uh, sort of sci-fi, just with how he's going into the yeah. dream world and stuff. And uh, yeah. films like that have always resonated with me 
very closely, and a lot of them tend to have more intimate scores. Um, mm-hmm. And I think really the the score was is like reflecting things that have I have always felt very emotionally affected by, and the games or the uh, movies that I love to watch and that have helped me think about life or want to become a better person or that I feel very connected to. So it was totally second nature. And also I think the set when Alex was building this game world, we were trying to think of ways to, cause you don't want to, when you want to affect someone, you don't want to just rehash something that's already been done before. So it was thinking of ways to be creative without, going out of our way to be creative if that makes any sense where it's we're not just trying to do something different to do it differently we're trying to make it make sense i want to go back to trailer music for just a bit because so much trailer music seems to be really epic and kind of like you know, adrenaline fueled. <laughs> so that's very true. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what's it like to? I mean, I, just write a lot of music like that. <laughs> it's completely different, but I think in a good way, since it gives me the chance to kind of. It feels like you're kind of writing a very, very short soundtrack because you want to make it sound different. And trailer music is very trendy, so you want to try to come up with whatever the next trend is before people get to it. So it's a lot of thinking ahead like, oh, what could be cool a year from now that no one has really done yet? Mm -hmm. And thinking about effect, like Mark and I will spend a lot of time thinking about what's been effective in the past and trying to advance on that because also you don't want to write the same thing even though... A lot of trailer music is very similar. It's mm-hmm. having it stand out. So it's really like having some sort of sonic signature. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's having that. It's just like this larger than life, completely over the top, like embracing that and making the ending as loud as possible. <laughs> and uh, hopefully getting people like the way that I approach it is I think of what maybe like my 10 or 15 year old self would feel in the theaters when I see a trailer. I, rem- I remember seeing, like, like the Spider-Man trailer for the first time or just anything like that and be like, mm-hmm. wow, that's amazing. I want to go see that so bad. And mm-hmm. writing music that would make me feel that way now, I guess, is the way yeah. that I look at it. That's uh, cool that you get to kind of have uh, all these various projects going simultaneously probably helps you cleanse your palate and stay creative. Right, yeah, it's... It's easy to get sucked into the, like, for example, I was working, I had to crank through maybe close to an hour worth of additional music on a game called Atone okay. that came out on Apple Arcade, and I got brought in last second, and I had maybe, like, six weeks to get all the cinematics finished. Jeez. And so the first two weeks, like, because I was going from square one uh, figure out how to craft the palette, and I was talking to the other composer about what I like, maybe like where he started, and uh, going from there and putting my own spin on the cinematics while staying true to the palette he crafted. So I spent two weeks figuring that out, and then 
four weeks just writing nonstop. And as I was going, getting themes approved, then I would be able to reuse them in other scenes. And just, it was a whirlwind. But a lot of the music in that game was very dark. And a lot of the scenes I was scoring were characters getting killed off. And I remember, <laughs> so like, and it's it's kind of intense to go down that, to put yourself into that world and just write about, write music about death for like a, a yeah. month to get pretty draining. So I'd always make sure I was, <laughs> I was trying to go out and hang out with friends every night or, or go to a concert or do something that wasn't sitting at home by myself, like writing dark music. Yeah. So, but I remember right after that, I jumped back into writing trailer music with Mark and I remember he told me, he was like, whoa, this is like really dark trailer stuff you're writing. And it's like a little <laughs> bit, it's like, are you, and then he told me like a month later, it was like, I was worried that like you weren't okay. And I was just like, no, <laughs> I just came off from like writing all this music for a game that was pretty dark. And it's, you have to like switch gears and it takes a little bit. It's tough <laughs> yeah. to, for me, it's tough to like spin out of doing all this stuff a certain way and then jumping right into a new project it always takes me maybe like a week or so mm -hmm. to recalibrate and get out of the mindset of the world that you had to create for the previous project so it is nice to have like a break a little break between projects mm -hmm. I guess is what I'm getting at yeah um, to give your mind some rest because it, it, it feels creatively draining when you're writing really fast and a lot at once sure so your brain kind of just turns the mush for a couple days, especially during crunch time. Oh, man. Yeah. Do you find that when that happens to you, do you uh, listen to just completely different music? Do you not listen to any music? Uh, what What do you do when you're in that space where you're kind of overwhelmed from a project at the end? I listen to a lot of music all the time, even when I'm writing. Um, I think it's, it's nice, like... If I'm writing really dark music all the time for a project, I'll tend to listen to, you know, like like palate cleansers, like stuff that's a little bit happier, stuff that's upbeat or fun to listen to, because I, I guess I don't do the method actor approach to composing where I try to just, like, sink into that world yeah. and, like, live like that. Um, I just, I feel like it's not mentally healthy for me to do that, like, if mm -hmm. I were to. Unless mm -hmm. it's, like, an uplifting project, then, of course, like... Be happy, <laughs> yeah. And, but yeah, yeah, it's important to separate myself from like the characters of the project. Um, if if it's a very dreary or bleak storyline, um, and like have a healthy life outside of like writing music every day. Let me ask you then uh, what projects you are working on right now, if I could. Uh, right now, I'm jumping back into working on trailer music. And some of it, like, I'm working on a bunch of, uh, like, uplifting post-rock tracks um, that nice. uh, some companies are going to try to get licensed for me. And um, also, I had an opportunity to kind of put together these... Sort of like writing singles, um, more like on the pop side of things, which 
I have not really... I've done it before in the past, but not, like, as an actual job. Um, and I'm really approaching that in the same way that I approach trailer music. Um, and it's fun to be able to, uh, like, collaborate with other singers and things for that. Yeah. Um, so it's... Right now, I'm... Because it's still... My life is still Outer Wilds, like, to... To pass the time, and because it's a lot less stressful deadlines for trailer music, like, it's either, like, really, really quick, like, okay, this, we need to pitch for this, do you ha can you get this done in, like, 24 to 48 hours, or it's, yeah. like, you, they send out briefs, and then you work on it, and you have really, it's, of course, it's smart to get it done as quick as possible, but it's mm -hmm. not, like, if they're not, like, okay, we need this, all this stuff done by, like, Friday, or by the end of the month, it's, Send it over when you think the time is right and that it's sounding good. Um, since it's qual for me with trailer music, it's quality over quantity because that's how you get those big placements. Usually, sure. of course, it's important to have the numbers, but we've seen tracks that we're really proud of go like pretty f have a pretty long life. Um, for up to a couple years. What do you placements. mean? Oh. oh, like that but track gets used on multiple <clears throat> trailers. Right. Wow. Badass. That's amazing. <laughs> so it's and it's also nice to have a break from after doing uh, Outer Wilds this year, finishing that up, and then doing a tone. I was pretty drained by the end of the year and just like yeah, exhausted because that that was close to that means like Outer Wilds is like seventy minutes, and then a tone was like fifty. So wow, releasing yeah. all that within one year, and on top of that, doing trailer music, I was pretty. Like, I was just like, I needed to take a moment to not write for a little bit and recoup. And um, I always like to kind of reset and figure out how to, of course, push my craft forward or become a better musician. And I'm glad that I've taken this. I started writing again finally this week. And okay. it's nice to feel, like, refreshed and that I'm not just sitting in front of the computer, in front of the piano, not knowing what to do. Yeah. And not having any ideas. So hmm. in the meantime, yeah, I'm going to be working on this until another game project that I feel like I fit comes along. would you like to say like have there been things that you've wanted to say on all these podcasts that no one's asked you <laughs> um the the things that i want to talk about i'm not allowed to talk about yet <laughs> so i i i hope i can soon okay that, that's why i had to cut myself off like earlier in the in this podcast because there is something i wanted to say that i can't say okay okay um so well, but I guess the only thing I can say is that, yeah, Outer Wilds, we're still supporting it. So there's new things happening and we're improving the game through patches. And it's it's really wonderful that we've, we have this opportunity to stay in development and there's more awesome things to come.
Andrew, really super nice to meet you and uh, love the soundtrack. So thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I appreciate it. Thanks. Nice to meet you as well. Thanks for listening to episode 126 of Level with Emily Reese. You can learn more about Andrew Prallo at andrewprallo.com, and I'll spell Prallo for you. It's P-R-A-H-L-O-W. And you'll see a playlist at patreon.com slash level. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Hi. Find us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily. This show is a production of June Media, Inc.